This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Talk Money To Me is a podcast where we draw on our extensive expertise and experience to help educate you on all aspects of your financial landscape. In last week's episode, we gave background information on all things property investing. And if you've watched Lux listings before, you'll definitely know who our special guest is today. We are very excited to have Simon Cohen on the show, one of the best buyers agents in Australia and the man to know when it comes to Sydney property. For those of you listening along who don't know who Simon is, shame on you, pause this podcast right now and go binge Lux Listing on Amazon Prime and then come back to listen to our show. For those of you who have seen the show, you would know Simon as the co-founder of Cohen Handler, the largest property buyers agency in Australia with office located obviously in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Simon started his career within Ray White of Double Bay, Sydney, and there he was constantly ranked within the top five sales agents within the office. Ultimately, he achieved within the top three agents of Australia worldwide. And as the highest grossing buyer's agents in the country and from watching the show, it's clear that you pride yourself in making the process of buying property for your clients a super simple and easy process, and you like to deliver those bargain prices for them. Over the past decade, Simon has amassed hundreds of millions of transactions for Sydney's elite, and with that, his reputation of being the go-to buyer's agents in Sydney totally precedes him. So we're talking property today. This is the man to talk to when it comes to property. That's it. But before we get into it, bear with us as we tick off a few financial disclaimers. Even though we are registered financial advisors, please note that this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute financial advice, nor is it a financial product. The content on this podcast is general in nature, and you should seek appropriate professional advice before making any financial decisions. All right. So as I mentioned in last week's episode, we gave our listeners some background on all things property investing, and we walked through a few steps involved when you purchase a property. So I guess to kick off our conversation, we both have a little confession. We're big fans of your new show, Lux Listings, and I'm sure everyone wants to know, how did you actually get involved in the show? And, you know, has it actually helped build your profile to get more top tier listings? It's interesting. The the show is a concept that's been spoken about for a very long time. Uh, You know, a bunch of different people over the years have approached us with the likes of Million Dollar Listings and Selling Sunset. And so it's always been an idea that people have been pitching in Sydney. It was when... Ben Scott approached the three of us and came up with this concept. And when Amazon wanted to buy it and take control of it, it was the time where we actually took it seriously and thought that this is something we would we would potentially put out our names and brands and, and reputations to. It wasn't something we considered doing lightly. So it was about maybe a year and a half ago. And then once Amazon took over, it all sort of happened very quickly, like filming began and we were underway. Has it really built business? It's built business a little bit, but I think the thing about the three of us being Gavin, Delina, myself was before we were really busy. I mean, we did have 
profiles in this industry. And so it's not like we went from being, you know, people who just entered the market to all of a sudden, you know, having profiles. So it's hard to judge if it's changed things that much, but we are definitely getting clientele calling from the show. So it definitely has been a positive. That's great. Left, right and center. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah. If, if they're good clients, we, we don't say no to business. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of your clients, Simon, I guess walk us through what a new client might ask you, the typical questions, you know, when they engage you as a buyer's agent. I think the biggest question right now is, is what I'm looking for achievable? You know, uh, especially in Sydney and in Brisbane and all over, you know, the market in Australia is hot. And so I think the biggest thing people want to know right now is, can I get what I want? Is it achievable? And what are the things I need to compromise on? And, and if you can make it happen, can you make it happen off market, pre-market, on market? What, are, what, are, what, what is your secret source or your secret weapon to making this achievable? At the moment, are you seeing more off market transactions or auctions or what sort of style is going on in your area? 90% of what I'm buying at the moment is all for pre-market stock. It's staggering. That's interesting. But pre-COVID, it was probably 50, 60. Post-COVID, it's it's 90. And why do you think that is? I think a, a lot of people are scared to have people come through their homes. They don't want masses through their homes. They want to do, you know, off-market deals. They bought and they want to sell. A, a number of reasons. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess for our listeners, why should they be getting a buyer's agent, I guess, to go into battle on their behalf? I mean, what benefits do you believe that you bring versus someone just, you know, trying to negotiate themselves or going to auction themselves? Well, I think one at the moment, they're missing out on 90% of the market. I mean, the reality is we scour the market to find every opportunity that exists. And that includes on market, off market, pre-market, post-market, price reduced stock and whether it's COVID or not COVID, the majority is all for pre-market. So you are missing out on the majority of the stock. The second reason is that that understanding of what it's worth and why it's worth that. And is it a good area? Are you ever going to be blocked out? All of that sort of stuff. And the third part is our negotiation power. I mean, I've been doing this all day, every day for a very long time. And, you know, I know nothing about stocks and that's why I use an advisor. Sure, and partners. <laughs> One of the advisors from your firm, actually, to help me when I buy shares because it's what we do all day, every day. And, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years, 12 years of having relationships with the real estate agents, 12 years of understanding why people will take a lower offer and how to package up a deal where you can get it for cheaper if you use other other tactics. They are the reasons people should use a buyer's agent. If you do it on your own, Unfortunately, you have zero competitive advantage and you are literally just going to have to be the schmuck who goes to auction and pays more than anyone else. Sweating when you put your hand up with an offer. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been through that. So you've obviously got really good relationships in the industry as well. Do you find that you've got a lot of real estate buddies that will come to you and say, hey, I've got this, Simon. Do you have any clients that are interested? Oh, I mean, it's happening right now on my phone, like all day, yeah. every day. It's like, just saw this. Have you got anyone? Just saw that. Have you got anyone? This owner wanted five. They'll now take four and a half. Have you got anyone? You know, these people want to buy this house, but they don't want to buy it unless they sell that. 
I mean, that is the power of what we do. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of people probably think, oh, you know, buyer's agent, how much is that going to cost me? Is it worth the investment? You do believe that it is expensive for clients to get a buyer's agent or do you think that you bring a lot of value, i.e. you save them a couple of hundred thousand dollars? I would say we save on average seven to eight times our fee. And so I think our fees are relevant. Wow. I think you will cost yourself far more money doing it on your own than you will using the right buyer's agent. There are a lot of wrong ones and there are a lot of right ones. But if you use the right one, which is us and others, it is the best thing you'll ever do. I guess that's a good lead way into another question. What what should people look for in the right buyer's agent? One, I think it's someone who's got track record. You know, you want someone mm-hmm. who has been around for long enough that they do have the relationships and the reputation with the real estate agents. I hear from a lot of real estate agents, are oh, they got a phone call from this buyer's agent that they'd never heard of and they're never going to do anything to help them, right? It's that longevity, those relationships that really help us, right? They should look for people who have been in real estate, yep. right? They weren't... Hmm pool salesman three months ago and now they're buyers agents and you you're laughing i can see (laughs) the camera but that is unfortunately what's happening in this industry you want people that have an understanding of real estate a better and bigger understanding than you do because that's what they're paying you for yeah three you want to know that they understand how to negotiate that they're strong that they'll fight for you and that they're not just going to push you into a property to get a fee and four that they're a business that is standing on its own two feet that they're not going to be pushing you to do a deal just to keep the lights on, right? They're going to get you to buy the right property at the right price. And if that doesn't come along, they'll continue to tell you it's not right until the right one comes up. And so I think those are really important things to look for. One more, they're area experts. You get a lot that run from Vaucluse to Waterloo to Warunga on a Saturday. You want to find people that specialize in the area that you're looking in because that will add a huge amount of value as far as relationships, off markets, market knowledge, that sort of stuff. You've mentioned negotiation tips quite a few times. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts here, Simon, in terms of when you think you've narrowed down the property to the client's desires and, and wishes. What's the strategy there when it comes to the negotiation side? Do you kind of, if you watch the show and you're familiar with it, you know, everyone knows that you like to lowball the offers. Is that your strategy <laughs> every time or do you just sort of tailor it? Somehow I'm just known as the lowballer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, they say a magician never gives away his tricks. But in all, in all seriousness, there, there is no one strategy. It's about understanding why the, the other side, the owners are selling and trying to use that to your advantage. You know, they may have bought and they need a quick settlement. They may not have bought and they need a long settlement. They may be getting divorced. The house may need work. There is no one strategy. And so it's very difficult to answer that question because there is no one answer. Well, let me try and ask another question to, to get to the answer. How, so <laughs> those those points you mentioned, you know, are they getting divorced? Why is it a fire sale, et cetera? How do you kind of find out those clues is it is it knowing those it's my relationships with the agents yep. what if they don't give it up well they always give it up <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you're probably buying properties for both professional investors as well as your mom and dad buyers, I mean, what do professional investors look for in their properties versus your mom and dad buyers? Like what do they see as important? Uh, Professional investors are are more savvy in the sense that they don't get emotional. And emotion is the one thing that when you're buying an investment property should be set aside. 
mum and dad investors are typically more emotional arts near the school my my kids used to go to or it's got a tree in the backyard like our family home has. They're not the things you should look for. The things you should look for are reasons why that property will continue to grow even if the market doesn't grow, whether they're infrastructural reasons, whether they're in areas close to villages and transport. You know, savvy buyers look for those sorts of things. They don't look with the heart, they look with the brain. And do you find most of your clients, I mean, what would be the split? Do you have a lot of mum and dad buyers versus professional investors or what's your split? We go, we have everything. And you even got a new commercial department as well, don't you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not so new anymore, but Costi Cohen kicked off. Um, there's been no, no uh, full service commercial buyers agency in this country before and um, there's been a huge need for it, which has been, which has been awesome. Why is that? Why do you think Australia has lacked the, the commercial buyer's agent side? I think we're just very behind. You know, we, we, we when I bought buyer's agent to, to Australia in 2009, it didn't really exist here either, right? I think we're just very behind. And I think commercial properties become a big thing now. And so people need that representation. Well, in a moment, we're going to deep dive into the world of property even more and hear Simon's thoughts on the property market and where he sees it going in the next 12 months. But before we do, we're just going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Probably the most important question on everyone's mind right now. Simon, I know you don't have a crystal ball. It's probably as good as my crystal ball. Probably a little bit better than yours. (laughs) But you are the expert on this podcast right now when it comes to all things property. So where do you see the Australian property market going in the next 12 months? The Australian property market is broken up into different segments. Sydney mm-hmm. is one market on its own. Sydney blue chip areas like the eastern suburbs is another market on its own. But if we're talking as a whole, we're looking at record low interest rates, right? We're not seeing them jump dramatically in a long time. We're seeing um, very low stock levels, some of the lowest we've we've seen in history, right? And when you look at a supply and demand model like that, you don't have to be a genius to realize that something dramatic has to happen for that to change. And I don't believe anything that dramatic is going to happen in the next 12 months, if that's your question. And so I think the market's going to stay strong and hard to buy in for the next 12 months. And so I also think market prices have reset. These are the new prices, you know. I look at semis in Bondi, which were 1.2 million and then moved to 1.6 million and then moved to 2.3 million and now at three and a half million. And whilst it seems crazy and whilst never, none of us ever thought they'd get there, they're just the new prices. And so we all have to get our head around 
where things are at. There are certainly some properties that are overinflated and they're the properties you don't touch. But I think the market's going to stay the way it is for the next 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I think people have always said, you know, Sydney's so expensive, it's so expensive to buy now. And they said that 10 years ago. They even said that 20 years ago. So I think Sydney is just going to continually, including, you know, in particular the east and the north shore, um, just keep increasing. Yeah, everyone wants to live in those areas, right? And there's only a handful of properties and money so affordable. And I don't know, I mean, you guys would see it too, there has just been this influx, this incredible, enormous amount of wealth over the last six months where everyone, when I say everyone, in our, the, the, the bubble in which we live seems to have made so much money, right? And so people are cashed up and they want to spend it on their house. Yeah, that's right. And I think the latest stat is something like we're sitting on at least 20% more surplus savings, um, you know, as a household. But then the other side of the equation is household debt is as high as it's ever been. But just want to circle back to one quick comment you made there. You said, you know, blue chip property, i.e. stuff like Sydney or anywhere CBD really of any, um, state here in Australia is, is hot and it's probably going to keep going up. So, how do you kind of break down a blue chip? Like in the world of stock investing, we sort of say, look, a blue chip is your top 200, super liquid, got a really good yield, balance sheet looks good. What is the characteristics for a blue chip when it comes to property investing, in your opinion? Similar. It's an area in which the most most people want to live in. Yeah. It's the area with the highest supply and demand ratio. Yeah, so desirable suburbs, you know, good schools, good infrastructure. Well, typically close to the harbour, it's either harbour, beach or village, right? Yeah. You look at Double Bay or Wallara as a village in the eastern suburbs. Otherwise, you look at Bronte, Tamarama, Bondi as far as a beach goes, right? Otherwise, it's Vaucluse, Point Piper on the harbour. You know, you look at Mossman, it's got a village and Balmoral. Um, And so it's those things that people are attracted to combined with, as you rightly said, Candice, accessibility to the CBD. Yeah. You know, like freshwater has those things, but it's not so close to the CBD. No. I mean, I guess, have you seen a lot of people actually buying further away from the Sydney CBD now because of COVID? I mean, what have you, what have you kind of seen? I've seen a lot of people move out of the CBD and I've seen a lot of people buy farms in the Southern Highlands, which we've been buying a lot of, a lot of people buying in Byron, for example, in the Central Coast, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, having a sea change or a tree change. But I'm still seeing a lot of people wanting to live in the blue chip suburbs. And mainly blue chips for primary residents, would you say, or still a mix? Yeah. You know, look at Brisbane. Brisbane's changed dramatically. Like prices have skyrocketed. Everyone wants to buy in blue chip suburbs in Brisbane. Our office there you know, the demand is just insane. Just on that, have you seen like a lot of increase to in Brisbane properties? Because obviously Brisbane didn't do very well uh, before COVID, the property prices, especially apartments. How has that changed? Luxury houses there are going through the roof. Um, Brisbane's become a, a cosmopolitan city. I mean, a lot of people are moving there because it's more affordable mm. and you, you live a similar life as to what you do in Sydney. Um, and a lot of people are making a lot more money there. And so they're spending it on houses. Never before did we see the sort of six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollar houses in Brisbane, but we're seeing heaps of them now um, and lots of competition on them. And do you think properties in Brisbane are still affordable versus, say, Sydney? Versus Sydney, absolutely. Versus Melbourne? 
Um, Brisbane's probably more affordable than Melbourne, but, um, I mean, what's affordable anymore? That's a, that's a very good question. I actually don't know what is affordable. What do we consider affordable? They're changing it, actually. It's five to six times your income in serviceability is what the banks are now going to be looking for. What's the average income at the moment? In Australia, it's like from 50 to sort of 80. It's a pretty wide range. But if we did Sydney, it'd be a lot higher, I would say. Yeah, okay. We'll call it 100. So you're saying you buy a house for five to 600,000. Yeah, well, we're not going to get that in Sydney. Yeah. You can't even get an apartment. Maybe a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, or you've got to move out of Sydney. Yeah, and that comes back to your earlier point. You've really got to narrow down your needs and your wants and you know what is essential, whether you're buying an investment property or a main residence. What do you not want to compromise on? Yeah. Before we move on to another topic, I just wanted to hear your insights. Do you have those one-on-one conversations with your clients before you go in to negotiate on a property? Absolutely. It's, you know, if you really want to live... In Bondi and you've only got a certain budget, well, you compromise to live in an apartment. Mm. Or rent vest, right? Yeah. Or if kids and a big house and a pool super important to you, you might live in Kalara. You've got to decide what the compromises are and work with that. Yeah, fantastic. That's good insights. Now, the head of CBA, Matt Combe, being the largest bank here in Australia, recently stressed his concern to the federal government of the potential looming Aussie housing bubble. Quoting him here, I'm increasingly concerned with the rising house prices and household debt levels. So according to the RBA, house prices have climbed 15.6% to 26% across Sydney and Melbourne over the past 12 months. Do you agree with Matt's comment? And do you think the RBA actually needs to step in here? I mean, I work with a lot of clients who put a lot of cash in and so I wouldn't say that they're incredibly leveraged. It is concerning if people are very leveraged. I am not seeing people put in um, less than 20% on the properties they're buying and so I feel like if that's the case, it's okay. Where I get concerned is when people are borrowing 95% um, because then a small interest rate rise does change things but you know, I think if he's talking about the country as a whole and, and, and other areas where potentially if people lose their job or there's pay cuts and stuff like that, it is very concerning. Um, but I, I, I can't say that I myself am, am seeing that. I'm seeing a lot of people with money and they're putting in at least 20%, 50%, 100%. And so those, those don't become massive issues. Following on from that, what about interest rates? Do you see a hike coming anytime soon and that impacting the property market? What are your thoughts? I can only go off from what I've seen in the past and from, from what I you know understand speaking to professionals and don't see it anytime soon. And if I do, I think it's small increases. I mean, I think you know the RBA would be crazy to, to hike it up because all these concerns that we were just going over will happen and that would be good for anyone. And so I think it'll stay how it is or close to how it is for for the foreseeable future. Well, that's good for property um, investors when they hear you say that. And what about when you have secured the right property? What are your clients opting in for in terms of lending? You know, is it mainly interest only at the moment or a combination or P&I? I think, I think it really depends on the client and their accountant. And whatever advice and structure they're in, right? Yeah. And I think it's an, if it's an investment property, you know, a lot of people are doing interest only. I think if it's a primary residence, it's P&I. Um, it also depends on how leveraged they are. Okay. 
All of our listeners are probably wondering, what should they really be looking for when buying a property? Do you have any hot tips for us? I mean, if you're a first home buyer, what should you be really be looking at or your first investment property? Look for something that's unique. You know, don't go and buy the standard two-bedroom apartment in a block of 200 in an area where there's 600 apartments and Every time you want to rent, there's 12 others in the building for rent. And when you want to sell, there'll be 12 others in the building. Look for something in a desirable area, in a desirable building that people are going to want to rent or people are going to want to rebuy. And look for the fundamentals, a balcony, easy access, walk to a cafe or shops. These are the things that that are always going to make it attractive to people. Cookie cutter. What's unique about it? I guess it's like looking for a partner. You you you, you want you want something unique, right? Something Not a cookie cutter partner, <laughs> but someone who can make great cookies. <laughs> yeah. Or at least you could walk to somewhere where it sells great cookies. True, true. Yeah. So I'm taking you don't do the cooking at home then. No, I bought the place. I mean, three and a half years ago, I gutted it, and everything's brand new, and my ovens and everything still have all the manuals in them. My, my oven is actually still in German <laughs> and I've just bought a new house, which I'm about to completely renovate. And so my aim is to, to never use any of this stuff <laughs> before I move out. So, no, I don't do the cooking. I live in, in Elizabeth Bay, so yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of restaurants and delivery options near me. And soon you'll be able to go into those cafes and restaurants, which is exciting. Yeah, exactly. So you're obviously looking to renovate soon. So what about any renovation tips or insights into that side of the world when you think of buying a property? I mean, I renovate a lot and I think the biggest mistake people make is sometimes they renovate too much to their own taste. You want to renovate to a taste where it's going to appeal to the broader market and renovate to the style and demographic of the area in which you live. The place I'm doing will be a very New York style renovation And that's in Potts Point. You would never do that in Bronte, right? In Bronte, you do a very Hamptons beach style. And so I think sometimes, you know, unless you're building a 10 plus million dollar house, sometimes people, you know, oh, we had that marble flown in from here and these floors were handmade, all stuff that you can't see. And so it's just not worth putting into those sort of places. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard to separate the emotion when it comes to, you know, buying a primary residence and potentially thinking about renovating. So you've mentioned, you know, let the best strategies out there is to take the emotion out of it. But walk us through, I guess, for someone who is thinking of buying a property, maybe their first or their 10th, what are those little key tips to just try and remove those emotions as much as you can? I tell people, write down a list. And on that list, write down all the must-haves. Yep. And make sure you tick those off, otherwise don't buy it. So you're non-negotiables. So for any of our listeners out there, go out there and take Simon's advice, write down these non-negotiables, make your list clear, go over it a couple of times. When you're staying in the property, say, can I walk to a cafe? Is there a balcony to sit on? Is there parking or street parking? And if you're not ticking these off, but you're falling in love because they've done a beautiful bathroom, which anyone can do, because staging is big, right, Simon? Like, Look for the ugliest property you can find if the fundamentals tick the boxes because paint and carpet or floorboards check, take a property 
up $150,000 for $15,000. And that's what people don't realize. So I think that's what we wanted to hear. This is the number one tip. Do that. So to wrap up, we've got one very, very important question. Simon, coffee, tea or tequila? Oh, coffee. <laughs> Double shot? <laughs> No, 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 no. We've got to stagger it. Awesome. Well, if you'd like to get in contact with either Candice or I and find out more about Cohen Handler, what are the details? Cohenhandler.com or SimonCohen84 on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, go in and binge on Amazon Prime Lux Listing to see all of Simon's wisdom and negotiation skills. And finally, come and follow us on Instagram. Send us an email or let us know your thoughts and feedback on this particular podcast. All right. Until next time. Shalom. (laughs) Thanks, Simon. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Wow. I really enjoyed that chat with Simon just now. His tips when it comes to removing the emotional aspect from property investing, that really spoke to me as I definitely fell in love and was a victim when he was talking about, you know, when you look at certain parts of the renovation, don't fall in love with it. Um, I definitely did that. And I wasn't thinking about the future buyer's perspective. Also, his hot tip about asking yourself when you're standing in that property, inspecting it, you know, can I walk to the local shops from here? Is this place ticking all my boxes? Like he said, don't compromise on your non-negotiables. That was a really good tip, I thought. Yeah, I thought so as well. You know, you've really got to look past the point of renovations, like he said, buy the worst house in the best street. So it's good to know that we're on the same page as one of the best buyer's agents in Australia, maybe even the world. I also like how he compared our value proposition as financial advisors, that you need to speak with a professional to get the inside deals. You know, the off-market property purchase, like we get the hot pre-IPOs and IPOs. Right, I think that's it for today's episode. Remember to follow our Instagram for the daily market updates before the open and the late line. Our handle is at Talk Money to Me Podcast. And Talk Money to Me will be back in your ear next week with our next Waterpad episode. So in honor of Simon, Shalom. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.